It is episode 92 of Jobbing Out. Aaron Oster here. Thank God. No Glenn Clark. And of course, the main event. Bent. 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 That was all. That was all. All right. AJ <laughs> Francis here. Of course, from the Washington Redskins, as I said, no Glenn Clark. It's been a crazy week for all of us here. Me and uh, Glenn were down at the winter meetings all week. We will hear from Glenn later on in segment three as we ran into uh, a couple of people who I, I, I expected a lot of people at the winter meetings. You know, there, there's agents, there's managers, there's TV personalities, all sorts of people at the winter meetings. Did not expect to see wrestling legends, the Nasty Boys, down in the lobby. I, I walked by and I did a pretty much a triple take when I uh, saw Brian Knob standing there by the bar. But me and Glenn talked to him later. So we'll hear from Glenn a little bit later. But for the next two segments, just me and you, AJ. As it always should have been. Exactly. The A-team. That's me and you. It's the yeah, it's, for sure. It's the better duo of the group, that's for sure. Forget this Glenn and AJ nonsense. The A-team coming at you here for uh, jobbing out. Got a uh, a busy week for you here. Of course, we had the pay-per-view TLC. We got Raw. We got some huge NXT news over the weekend, as well as uh, some other stuff, Ring of Honor, that we'll get to a little later. We'll start with uh, TLC. What would you think, AJ? I thought it was a great pay-per-view. I thought there were multiple matches that were just out of this world. The main event was incredible. And even with the uh, even with the way they used Ellsworth at the end, it, A, from a booking standpoint, made sense that he would want to do that. Um, and, B, like all the spots. Like I knew those tables were going to come into play at some point. But the way that they did it, I never expected that. That was awesome. And on top of that, you know what I think was the was the second best match of the night? What was that? The chairs match from with Kalisto and Baron Corbin. They went out there. They told a story. They put on a great match. It was compelling. I think the crowd wasn't as into it as it was other matches because it was Kalisto and Baron Corbin. But the match itself was great. And then... Obviously, the other match that stood out to me, other than Alexa Bliss winning the women's title, was the Intercontinental title match, which was just, I mean, those two guys went out and put on a show. I mean, Ziggler always steals the show, and he tries to every night, and I don't think he had the best match of the night, but he had a great match nonetheless. And the Miz, of course, put on a great show as well. It was an all around great show. And I'm interested to see these pick statistics that you have to lay out for us. All right, we're gonna do that right now. Uh you of course and I know why you bring this up. You of course went perfect. Of course I was perfect. You I mean, went how could perfect. I not be? We actually we all redeemed ourselves very well after that pathetic Survivor series showing. Um, what it came down to, uh, we had two differences. Me and Glenn both went uh, different for one match. So me and Glenn, each uh, di- uh, Glenn missed Dolph. I missed uh, Becky. So uh, me and Glenn, we got to go, oh, at some point. <laughs> yeah, you guys are just, like I always say, and I, and I keep saying it every time we do the results of these picks from these shows, guys, I keep telling you I'm the main event and I'm the best wrestling picker on this show. And I prove it every single pay-per-view. I had to drink apple cider vinegar, and that's the only bad thing I've had to do the entire time we've had punishments for picks. Do you realize that? I am that damn good. All right, all right. Well, we'll, we'll get to the, to all that. Uh, I, I want to go back to actually James Ellsworth. You, you brought that up at the beginning. 
I'm, you know, I, I don't, I don't dislike it at all. I'm a little, I'm very curious to see where they're going. Obviously, you know, it seems like a true heel turn for Ellsworth, but at the same time, based on his, did you watch Talking Smack? Uh, not after SmackDown, but after TLC. No, I did not. It, it was interesting for a number of reasons. One, uh, Alexa Bliss was there, and it was just a little weird because she went completely out of character for a little bit, and she was talking about how you know how much this means to her mom, and then like midway through, she's like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be a heel, and she starts going in on Becky, so that was a little bit weird. But uh, the James Ellsworth thing was interesting. Why is that, why is that weird to you? Why, well, why, no, can't, why can't a person who's a bad person on camera still like their mom and be happy that their mom is happy that they did something well because you're we're supposed to feel heel heat towards her where she's supposed to be a bad girl I, and again she went completely out she, you know she started crying how much it meant to her and that's just not a heel characteristic and so, it's one, so bad people don't love their mom they don't cry over winning a title they generally don't. They, you know, if if we went to, you know, the the Shawn Michaels, the childhood dream has been a comp. You know, what's the line? The childhood dream has been. I'm completely blanking right now. I, I I I understand what you're saying in the character, but right. to me personally, it was talking smack, which is supposed to be like not really. It's, it's supposed to break the fourth wall a little bit, but her going completely out of character, I thought was it was a little odd, especially when she completely then went the 180 and and. I when, mean, and they, you know, started to run down Becky and started to talk about how she was the best, and you know, it was just a, it was a weird dynamic there. To you personally, to me personally, think... well, and and to I, I saw a lot of people saying it, and obviously well, a, lot a lot of the idiots. Of idiots. Yes, 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 yes uh, I know where you're going with this. Because to me, I don't know why someone can't be happy that their mom is happy, even if they're a bad person. A lot of people in prison still have moms, so like I don't really get that. But if that's your opinion, you're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> Anyways, the other thing was the uh, was the James Ellsworth thing where, you know, obviously it was a sort of heel turn, but then he's like, you know, I just did because I have AJ Styles' number and Dean is going to be my buddy even since he would have done the same thing. So I'm wondering if they're going full heel on this or they're making him, you know, Ellsworth more of just kind of the, the, the hopeless idiot who just happened to do something bad. And if they have longer term plans where... It's going to lead to to Ambrose. We've kind of talked about this before. Ambrose getting really pissed at him, and this leading to a turn for Ambrose. I'm very. Uh, what, what do you think they're doing? Um. Well, I I think that it. First of all, it does make sense because uh, Ellsworth is not wrong. If anyone else, maybe not to James Ellsworth, but if. Let's say Roman Reigns was the one climbing the ladder and James Ellsworth was, I mean, and Dean Ambrose was still owed a title shot with AJ Styles. I think Dean Ambrose would have pushed Roman Reigns off the ladder too. So, like, I think that they are correct in saying that Dean Ambrose would have done the same thing. Now, it is either going to lead, I thought it was leading to Ambrose turning on, on Ellsworth in order to become a heel, but they found a way to make Ambrose beating the hell out of Ellsworth, not make him a heel, which is shocking to even say after what we thought was going to happen a week ago. Um, in the meantime, I, I think that it's just going to be end up being James Ellsworth thought he was really going to beat AJ Styles and he loses his title match. 
Now, here's the interesting about the the, the boot that AJ Styles uh, came out with. That was legitimate. He is legitimately hurt. He was at some sort of rehab facility today. So I don't know if that's going to you know put any wrinkles into this. Obviously, they have a long time before the Rumble. That's the next SmackDown pay-per-view. So if it's just a month-long injury, they can easily work around that. You have Ambrose versus Ellsworth you know, around the end of the year. Plus, obviously, you're probably going to have you know, some sort of funky, if not a recap show, you know, like an awards show or uh, a Christmas show, something along those lines. So you can definitely play around with it here. But I'm very curious to see uh, how AJ Styles' injury might play into that. Uh, I, I just, I, I, very, I question James Ellsworth right now. And exactly, you know, we, we've been saying it for a month now, so I think we should probably stop questioning it. But, you know, where exactly they're going, they're keeping him firmly into the main event scene obviously he has the title match at some point you know, i mean, is I he mean going clearly to be the, he's going to be the wwe champion uh, apparently he's going to be the wwe champion by the way i just saw that he's uh he's, he's going to be back in town here uh, he's going to be at the house of hardcore up in joppa uh next weekend him and tommy dreamer uh two former guests here on jobbing out taking on the spirit squad in uh, one of the matches there we might try to get ellsworth or someone involved in that on the show next week but um, <laughs> I, I just don't know what they're doing here, keeping him so firmly in the main event for so long. And uh, I mean, is, is he actually, are we looking at him for the next month and a half staying in the main event? Uh, I don't think he'll be staying in the main event. I think it's just um, the fact that they're just waiting for this to blow off when he actually does get his title shot. Um, and I was assuming that they were going to do that on Tuesday, but obviously AJ Styles got hurt. Uh, I, I look, James is a, is a great guy and he's a fan, of, a friend of the show, but I, I can't see him being in the title picture for another month. I just don't know how you could logistically make that happen. See, I, but I guess the, my question, I, I agree with you. He's not going to be the title picture, but could he still kind of be around that picture? Could he be involved in the Ambrose styles thing? Especially because What's the purpose of this, you know, if, if you want to say it's a heel turn for Ellsworth, what's the purpose of it if it's not to give him a little bit more life up in that uh, that topic? Sure. I think it's a great idea because I think if nothing else, you, you made him more than just a simple goof. He's still obviously a big goof, but, you know, you gave him a little bit more depth to the character, which is a good thing. I just, the, the Ellsworth conundrum is... I'm not going to call it a problem, but I just I don't know where WWE goes with it because they're positioning him as such a as such a top level player, but he's also being positioned as just this this joke, this goof, and and I don't know where you know if this is going to be a full run for Ellsworth. You know, we talked about it a little bit last week where exactly you go with it. it it's 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 a fascinating thing, and I just don't know uh, how WWE gets out of if not the problem, just get out of the situation. Yeah, I I really don't know either. I it's you know, even though I did go perfect at TLC because I am a genius, I don't know everything. And because <laughs> of that, one of the key things of being a genius is knowing what you don't know. And I really don't know what the hell they're gonna do with James Ellsworth now. I mean, short of giving him the WWE title, I really have no idea what his plan could potentially be unless he's going to somehow find his way into the cruiserweight division, which I could see that, but that's possible. 
uh, he would then have to switch from SmackDown to Raw, and you'd have um, to try to make him so- somewhat serious again. Like you, exactly, and that and that's the trick from here because you've done such a great job of making him just this complete goof loser. I, I, I almost don't know how you make him uh, credible again. Uh, you have him win a match against somebody that's credible. That's pretty much the only way you can do it, and have it not be because Dean Ambrose just beat the hell out of the other guy and rolled him on top of him. You know, I, I think the the interesting thing here is is you know we're kind of set here in Styles Ellsworth Ambrose. We didn't have the Cena uh, or, Undertaker. or Undertaker. Where are we going for the rumble? Like you, I can't see it being Styles Ambrose again. I, I'm really hoping they don't make it Styles Ambrose Ellsworth at the rumble. I just I think that would be a big mistake. Um, and granted, like like we've said, they have what seven weeks? I think seven, eight weeks before the rumble. So you got plenty of time to do something. But right now, I just don't know what that something is. You you seemingly I think, that's, I think that something is going to be John Cena. I just don't think he's back yet. Yeah, I I, I actually with with the announcement that he's going to host Saturday Night Live, I was surprised that he didn't either come back on uh, on Sunday or on Tuesday. And that way they could make that match quickly and be like, oh, by the way, Saturday Night Live, we have John Cena going for the title at the Royal Rumble. Like yeah, I, I could. I, I think it's either going to be John Cena or Undertaker. I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, I also like how the Undertaker came out before Survivor Series and said he's on the the team of SmackDown and SmackDown's his team and he's not leaving anymore. He's back for He good. hasn't shown up yet. And he hasn't been back since. It's uh, it, it's like the Rock thing. It's my home. I'm never leaving again. Oh, except when I'm going to leave for three years at a time or whatever. Yeah, it's it's just funny that the way he phrased that whole thing and then ends up coming back and not actually coming back. It's... Uh, they but, I mean, it's, it's going to be fine, I assume. And, you know, when he does show up, we'll, we'll pop again because he's the Undertaker. And, Obviously. you know, if he shows up, let me, let me see how, how New Year's plays out here. So it would be the third. You know, they, they always like those first shows of the New Year to be big. So if he showed yeah. up on January 3rd, no one's going to complain. <laughs> no, I'm sure as hell ain't. So that, that might be what they end up doing. I'm very curious. We haven't heard anything about the Slammies or anything yet. Uh, we know that... Uh, the shows next week are the slightest, but 19th and 20th would normally be when those are. I kind of wonder if they kind of do some sort of funky show around there, whether it's uh, the Slammies or some sort of recap. And, you know, we only have a few episodes left. So if you just kind of go into filler mode for the next three weeks and then starting on that third, you get a, you have a big show to bring people into the new year and set everything in motion to the Rumble. It would make a lot of sense. Yeah, it would. And it would also... Uh... One thing that I would like to point out is you you brought up the Slammies. Who do you think is going to win Superstar of the Year? Um, well, I'm actually I kind of want to hold off on that just because I want to whatever week the Slammies is. Is it is it going to be a SmackDown and Raw Slammies? And, and we don't, we don't know, and that's the thing. I, I have that's no true. idea. Um, I kind of I was thinking maybe in two weeks, especially if you know, like I said, there's a lot of filler shows towards the end of the year. If I'd lo- I'd love to do our own uh, kind of year in review, and I know uh, later on with uh, Glenn we're going to talk. The WWE just released their ballots for uh, match of the year, so we we talked a little bit about that. But as far as WWE, what's the, what's the ballot? Uh, I don't know. He there was like twenty different matches listed. I don't know oh, exactly. Okay. Uh, 
I it, know I know good and goddamn well that it, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens from Battleground better be on that it, damn list. It, it was on that list. Of, okay. I, all the matches you would think were on that list are on that list, except, interestingly enough, and uh, you're, you're probably in particular not going to like this, um, the no matches from this past takeover were included. So uh, no DIY versus uh, the revival. They had it from wow. Bro- they had it from Brooklyn, but they did not have it from uh, this past takeover. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I, I think that's bullshit. But at the same time, um, I mean, dude, I hope they don't have the other Shinsuke Joe match on there because this one was better than the last one. Uh, I can't. I can't remember. We we ran it down quickly, so I, I honestly don't remember. Don't remember that one, but, uh, and, and, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Shinsuke and Joe a little later in this show as well. Uh, other things that happened from TLC, though, I, I want to talk about. What did you think of the, uh, the entrance for the Wyatts with the going through both of, uh, Orton's old themes, it seemed like, and then, uh, cutting to the Wyatt music? Uh, I, I love it. I think that Randy Orton, Randy Orton joining the, they're doing it the right way. Randy yep. Orton joining the Wyatt family shouldn't be, like when Bray got Braun Strowman and just a guy shows up and he doesn't have a backstory, so we got to create him and he's part of the family. So then after he leaves the family, he gets his own distinction. Randy Orton joining any faction is a big deal. Yep, That's a huge deal. And he needs to be highlighted in it. And the way that they're doing it is perfect. And the way that they're doing it with the fact that they're making having Luke Harper hold the belts – and having him be an integral part, I think they're going to they're going to make this a free bird rule. Well, I think I think they've already announced it. Actually, I think on Twitter they said uh, I, I think I saw that last night. Uh, you know, WWE Twitter says uh, the Wyatts enact the free bird rule. Luke Harper officially uh, recognized as a champion. That is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I got awesome. I got no problem. It is interesting the you know the looks between Harper and Orton. Are they leading towards you know like I had speculated at the no, beginning. but the thing is that the looks that those looks are gone. Those looks with the title, like Harper kind of stared down Orton, and Orton hesitated before handing him the belt. Like there, there was definitely still some of that. No, I on Sunday. I don't. You mean this was also, by the way, after Luke Harper saved him? So clearly, there isn't still some of that. Well, no, no. Well, there's something like. Uh, again, there, there was that. There was a long pause before Orton handed him the title. There was the stare between Harper and Orton. And I'm not saying there's dissension, but I'm curious to see, you know, exactly. What I think that the was their is. way of saying that that that's the acceptance, over. and, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. that might have been it. That might be, and it could end up being, you know, it could be that there's some, you know, and later on down the line, I don't think it's anytime soon because I think that you know they're running pretty good here. And like I said, I thought it would set up to a WrestleMania match, so this would be two months down the line. Um, the other thing I could see interesting happening would be if uh, Harper ends up siding with Orton against Bray again down the line somewhere. But um, yeah, I, I thought I thought the match was good. I thought the 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 booking was right, and and the presentation the presentation, like you said, has been pretty much perfect so far. And and the fa- I loved the way they did it, where you had Harper save Randy Orton, and then you have Bray in the ring doing his little his little stance that like weirds people out, which people pause to do that. All the t- people see that and pause all the time. Yep. And you see Heath Slater pause. Like, well, how do I attack this? And Randy Orton comes out of nowhere and RKO's him. It was, and it and was how about, how about on SmackDown? Thing. Then the, the, you know, he has him in the sister Abigail. And then he says, no, nah, you take it. Ambrose. Yeah. It's, 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 it's uh, one of those things where 
like the I expected it to work well because they're both great performers and they're both their gimmicks are great and um the one thing I did see on Talking Smack I saw Talking Smack after SmackDown. See, I didn't watch that one. Five <laughs> Live. Um, and this week, and it opened with the Wyatts on a dark set, and talking about how that Bray Wyatt said it's better to rule in hell than to serve in heaven, and then Luke Harper went on this other tirade saying. You can send whoever you want to try to come get these titles, but don't send anybody you want back. And then, like, the way that they are working together now, this is great. And I'm so excited to see what the next couple months of of them is going to be like. Yeah, I mean, I I think the the one question is simply, you know, do you keep them strictly in the tag division? You know, we've again, we've talked about this over and over again, but it is one of the biggest stories every week as far as SmackDown. You know, do you just keep them in the tag division, or especially now that the Freebird rules are in action, do you let one or both of uh, them kind of make their way out into whether it's the Intercontinental title scene or the WWE title scene? How would you do it? Uh, I would actually, I would probably... I would just let Bray go for the main title. I, I would I, I would make that the... Like, Bray starts going there, but Randy also wants it, and that's kind of what starts the dissension between them. Yeah. I think um, I think the tricky thing right now is, is the same thing that was, you know, I had kind of... We had we had all said, you know, American Alpha isn't getting as over as they should. The Usos, as good as their heel turn has been, you know, hasn't been as utilized. That's the one issue with this, is you now have Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton at top of the tag division at the top of the tag division. It's like no, I don't think I don't think that's an issue at all. No? No, because Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton are heels in this scenario, correct? Yes. Mont they're dominant heels. Yes. That's how you get a baby face over. Yeah. I mean as long as as long as you Give them the time, and you you make it a true feud between, let's say, it's American Alpha and the yeah, Wyatt family. And you make... be, I assume it's going to be Bray Wyatt and Ameri- Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton demolish whoever they face at the Royal Rumble, and then you have a real feud between them and American Alpha leading to WrestleMania. And I think that would be okay. American Alpha versus Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt for the WWE, for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles and WrestleMania. I think that's. That's huge. I, I think you could definitely do that way. I think the other way to do it, especially because the uh, the other bit of news we got about SmackDown this week was um, it sounds like Elimination Chamber is coming back as a SmackDown pay-per-view in February. That throws a little wrinkle into it, and that's if, if you want to do kind of my idea, which was the, the Orton... Uh, Wyatt blow off at Mania. Yeah. That's where you draw the siege, right? You know, you develop the siege right there. They end up getting into it at the chamber. Uh, they end up having a tag match and one a uh, tag title matches one of the SmackDowns after, and one leaves the other to uh, to take the. You know, it's it, very classic wrestling booking there. But uh, I think you could definitely do it that way. Um, anything else from SmackDown? Obviously, Alexa winning the title. Uh, it was awesome. It was, it was great. I was surprised she won it as cleanly as she did. I really expected, you know, if Alexa was going to win, it was going to be that kind of, oh, she gets a little push and Becky falls through, kind of a fluky win. But that was more or less decisive. No, but I think that, to me, tables matches, matches like that are the perfect way to have your person that you don't want to lose clean, lose clean and still be able to say, okay, yeah. You put me through a table, but I wasn't going to get pinned or you exactly. know, like, you yeah, pinned me. I didn't tap out. Right. I made you tap out. Like that. That's why I think, and then making that a tables match was was genius. 
Um, and then Alexa actually in that match came up with a way to win a tables match that no one had ever thought of. Oh, if yeah, they're the putting over through. I, I want to see that so badly. Putting the table around them. If you throw a table on somebody on the ground and the table breaks, breaks. they went through the table. I, I agree with I will pop so hard when that actually happens. I want to see that so badly now. I was tweeting about that. Like, I will pop so hard the first time someone actually does that. It'll be great. It'll be fantastic. Uh, what do you think of the, the way they did the, the Natalia thing with, uh, you know, Nikki winning and then it was just like, oh, by the way, it was Natalia. Um, I mean, if you look at it from, uh, Carmella's perspective, like her character, she had just lost a match and a match was only in place because Nikki thought that she was the one that did her in. So like, as like a backfire, I guess she was saying, well, just so you know, it really wasn't me, blah, 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 blah. Now, personally, I didn't really like that, but. I do get why, like, her as yeah, a character Yeah, character-wise, it makes sense. As far as, assuming this is a reveal, and that's the big thing. If this turns out to be, oh, this is misdirection the entire time, and it ends up being, you know, Eva Marie, like we had, po- you know, talked about a little bit last week, then, I'll, then it's a great way to do it, because it does the misdirection. If this is, you know, the official announcement that, oh, it was Natalia, well, then I would have said, you know, I would have had Carmella get up, say, you know, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, it was, and then Natalia, you know, run out and blindside her. Yeah, that that would have been a much better visual. I think a much more effective way, uh, a much more effective way to do it. Uh, anything else from TLC or from uh, SmackDown? Uh, not that I can think of. No. Yeah. Um. You know, the Miz continues oh, to be awesome. Uh, yeah, he's the best. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> he's he's he's, he's just best. he's awesome. Uh, you know, you were talking about performer of the year, and I, I don't know if I will vote for the Miz, but you could make a very good case for it. You could make a fantastic case for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, not not much else you can say about that. He's he's tremendous, and uh, I'm curious. Again, another thing. I'm curious. You know what? You know who might be performer of the year, and I'm glad that Glenn's not on to hear this because he's probably not going to listen and not hear me say this. But realistically, with the matches he's had this year, and yes, he hasn't been there the whole time, but with the matches he's had alone this year, if you're not going to give it to AJ Styles, you could easily give it to John Cena. Sure. I, there, there are a couple. You know, it's like Miz, Cena, Styles, Zayn. If you know, because Zayn, you could make a case as the three best WWE matches of the year. Yeah. Um, Owens, Jericho, yeah. Jericho, easily. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of guys you could say. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back. Speaking of Jericho, we will come back. We will talk about Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens, as well as uh, the big news from NXT this week. Uh, come back and we'll have of course in segment three we will have the nasty boys brian Nobbs and jerry sags live from the winter meet the baseball winter meetings promoting the legends of wrestling we'll be back how well do you pick weekly nfl games pick factor is the free new app that lets you pick each week's games and see how you do against your friends or against the whole country join other leagues or create your own custom league all for free pick factor is easy to download from the google play store or the app store when you open the pick factor app for the first time a full tutorial shows you what to do play against the press box staff when you download pick factor click join a league and enter league name pbs for press box 
sports. Once you enter PBS, you'll be able to see how your weekly picks do against the Press Box staff. This week, anyone who beats the Press Box staff will automatically be qualified to win a $25 Royal Farms gift card. One winner will be chosen from everyone who beats our entire staff. You need to be 18 or older to enter and live in Maryland. No purchase is necessary. We will notify the winner through email in the Pick Factor app. If nobody beats our entire staff, the person in our league with the highest score will win the $25 gift card. To get the most points, fill out your picks by Thursday. It's you against the Press Box Pros. Download the Pick Factor app in the Google Play Store or the App Store. Stay up to date with all the latest Ravens game day info with Press Box's Project Game Day. Use your phone, tablet, or computer to get a live stream of the latest social media, video links, and pictures keeping you in touch with every aspect of this week's game. In front of the TV or on the go, use any smartphone or computer to get into the action now at PressBoxOnline.com slash GameDay. That's PressBoxOnline.com slash GameDay. PressBox's Project Game Day is presented by ParXL and GEICO. Well, it's a big show. Oh, it's a big show Welcome back in. It is segment two here of Jobbing Out. Aaron Oster, thank God no Glenn Clark. He's doing his <laughs> thing in D.C. I have no idea what. And, of course... The main event. But you also forgot to mention the fact that this is episode number 92. 92, yes it is. Which is the Michael Strahan edition. Alright, I'll take Michael Strahan. Uh, Raw. Raw happened this week. It wasn't all just SmackDown and TLC. And, uh, Raw, you know, it was it was a good show. I don't know if there was that much truly memorable about it, but again, you know, like... Uh, I, you call Enzo... Well, there, there, was, there was some memorable stuff that way, that's for sure. Uh, Lana wearing the robe. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Worth the price of admission. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and are, are you going to agree with me now that Enzo, after a single fight between a wife and uh, and her husband, going to her hotel room, a little bit heelish? Uh, no, I don't. No? Because, because I think that any man who gets the text <laughs> that he got from Lana and doesn't go is a pussy. So so you so if you get in a fight with Tatiana, you want a guy showing up in her room? If he's if if it was Lana, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I, if Lana is there in those the text, yeah, probably. Um, I have I have no beef over, I have no beef with Enzo for making that decision. As as no straight heterosexual male should. I mean, it it is Lana. It is Lana. Now the interesting thing about that is simply that. You know, we are so heavily into the PG era. We're getting the PG sponsors. And that whole segment was anything but PG. You know, like, people go out of control. Somebody was like, you know, they say a single curse word or a single innuendo, and they're like, oh, that's not PG anymore. This is ridiculous. You know, might as well make it PG. But that segment, that, you know, what it seemed like five, six, maybe even eight-minute segment, was completely, that That would have fit in in 2002. Uh, Yeah. You're not wrong. And the fact that, I mean, look, just because your show is PG, I mean, there are, it's a show that's PG for 52 weeks. Every once in a while, you can sprinkle in something that you can say is PG and right. you can get away with it. And I don't have no beef with that. Oh. And anybody that does have beef with it is an idiot. I, I don't have a beef with it, but just because of this is, you know, it was a full segment. It wasn't, you know, a sprinkling in. Um, I'm, I'm curious. 
you know, we're we're seeing. You know, we saw obviously I that mean, segment that was both I mean, sexual the and new funny. Day, the new day makes dick jokes. Well, yeah, every single but but that's you know that's a line here and there. It's not an eight minute segment with Lana walking around stripping down Enzo. You know, they, it, it's a it's a throwaway thing and it, something that will quite frankly go over the heads of a lot of people, even if they're not ten years old. That wasn't going over anyway. And I'm wondering, you know, between that, you're bringing back you know a little bit more violent style of wrestling. We saw, you know. In some of the no DQ matches we've seen, we've we've just seen. I, I really wonder: Are we drifting? I don't think we're ever going to. Obviously, we're not going back to the Attitude Era or anything like that. But I do wonder if we're drifting back towards that medium away from pure PG. I I think that it, we've already drifted there. I think it's been that way for a while now. I, I think that a lot of segments that they've come up with over the past year or two, and a lot of the lines that they've used over the past year or two are like the whole um, doctor gimmick that the club pulled off. Like every bit of that segment where they were talking about ring postitis was not PG. They were talking about smashing people's balls and how that they could find ways to try to heal you from smashing your balls. Like the entire thing wasn't PG. I think it's been this way for a while. And I think that's good because I think that for everybody's benefit, there are a lot of kids that watch the show and it does benefit it to be PG. But this was also, you got to remember, this segment was after 10 p.m. Yeah. And Uh, that's after 10 p.m. I feel as if even if your show's PG, you should be able to get away with a little more. And and that was always, you know, you remember it was, um, uh, what was it? It was uh, WWE. Raw and then the War Zone was always like they, it had two different names. It was like WWE Raw is War and then uh, WWE War Zone. I think was the ten to eleven uh, back in the Attitude Era, and that was part of the things. Like that ten o'clock hour was always going to be a little bit grittier. It was going to be a little bit, you know, it was it was the same show, but there were more than differences than more than just ratings wise. They wanted to have those two shows to pop the ratings a little bit. I agree with you. I think that it would be um, it would definitely be good to go a little bit as long as you don't go too far i think you can go too far in the direction and um i at times I mean, me personally it, me personally i don't think they can go too far because i'm grown and i ain't got no kids but i can <laughs> understand why someone with kids might think that they could well I, I think if you go too far you know grown meaning stupid you know r-rated humor for the sake of r-rated humor even even as a grown man i'm not necessarily the bro, biggest you, fan of that you watch, bro you watch south park I do watch South don't, Park. Don't give me that. Don't give me the the stupid R-rated humor for the point of R-rated humor. Well, hey, to you, be fair, South, South Park, Park South Park has made it so it, it there's not so much South R-rated. Park had an episode where they said shit a hundred times. Yeah, that was twelve years ago. Wait, when was that? I, I, that was a while ago. That was not even twelve years ago. That was less than ten years ago. It happened when I was in high school. Okay, so it. Uh, there, there has been a very serious tone shift in, in uh, South Park, where it's been more satire than humor for the sake of humor. It, I think that's fair to say. I mean, they have Caitlyn Jenner on there, and her face looks like a that's dismantled frog. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, I'm not arguing that South Park's perfectly PG humor either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, though, you you're saying you don't want that, but you watch it in other aspects. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. Um, you think we're getting Owens Jericho at the Rumble? I think we're getting Owens Jericho at the Rumble. I think so too. I think that it makes sense. I think that if you did want to give. Chris Jericho one last run with the belt, which, goddammit, 
he deserves it. I think that it would be a great way to do it. I think that uh, it would be a fantastic match in and of itself. I think that even if you had Jericho lose, it would make Kevin Owens even more of a heel just in time for Finn Balor's return for WrestleMania. So I think that a lot could be played off of that match either way, no matter who wins it. And I think that it would make the most sense for that to be the match at Royal Rumble. Yeah, I didn't think about Jericho winning. I kind of assumed that Owens would win it. But you you definitely open up some possibilities if you do have Jericho win. Of course, you could have Jericho win and then drop it back at, I guess it's Fastlane will be the Raw pay-per-view. Or you could have him hold it till WrestleMania. Yeah, or... And that would be it. Would be interesting, and the matches you could have at because WrestleMania. If, because if you let's say the person winning the Royal Rumble, which we all assume is going to be either John Cena or The Undertaker, is going to be on SmackDown, that means you can do pretty much whatever match you want for the Raw yeah. title at WrestleMania. Yep, uh, they, I mean, definitely could do it. I just they I, could they could have Jericho beat Owens at um, Rumble at Royal Rumble have him retain at Fastlane, and then have them do the final match at WrestleMania. I see. I couldn't see that one just because I don't think they, they don't like doing that same match at the Rumble and at Mania. They like having a little bit of difference in their big pay-per-views, what the, you know, what the headline matches are. Um, I, I wouldn't be against it. I just I don't see that necessarily happening. Um, but no, I mean, it, hell, if it's Jericho Balor, no one's going to complain about Jericho yeah, Balor. Exactly. <laughs> um. But it, it's interesting. I, I do like kind of how they're doing it. It's not, you know, full-blown, okay, we're immediately going at each other's throats right now. But there's something there. Uh, I did love Big Show coming out. He was a face when he left, you know, months ago. He's a heel when he comes out. And he's a face again by the time he leaves. That that yeah. was truly impressive by Big well, Show. I don't think he wasn't a heel when he came out. Well, he was he was portrayed as he you know he's being used by Owens. He's in in the heel role there. He wants to beat up Seth Rollins like that. That's you know he was supposed to be eliciting. He's playing the heel as he was coming out. Whether or not he was full heel or not, you know, obviously he was, that was the first time he had come out since what July, August, something around there. So, he was more over at the end of that match than he has been oh, in the yeah. last two years. Oh yeah. Oh, by the way, how good did he? Like that was crazy. How skinny he looked. Yeah, he he's lost a lot of weight, and I think it's going to help him. He did. Oh. It was funny to me is that they said on the um, they said on the announce booth that he ah oh, he's moving so much better. I don't think he's moving better at all. I think he's the same exact slow pace that he was when he left, but he's just healthier, and thus he'll probably be able to work better. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. I'm I'm curious to see. Like I feel like. Oh, hell, we've been saying this for five years right now. by now. But, you know, if he's getting towards the last run, if he is, you know, the losing weight, might let him do. Because if you remember back his WCW days, he could do some things that a man that size shouldn't be able to do. If, yeah. you know, for his last run, he knows he's done. Okay, I might want to try to do that one more time just to remind people, hey, remember me when I could do this? Like, this was still cool. I'm still, you know, arguably the greatest big man of all time. You know, that sort of thing. Um, but Abby, as the match, he, he did a pretty typical big show match. It wasn't like he's looked, you know, like you said, he didn't look that much faster, that much better. Yeah. Uh, uh it's Charlotte Iron Woman match. So just the whole, the whole segment there again, the, the women, the segment main evented, which, you know, good for the women. Um, 
the Iron Woman match, it's logical if you're going to keep doing this. That, that was kind of the last match on the checklist. You've already done a Hell in a Cell. You've already done a False Count Anywhere no DQ match. Uh, you know, Iron Woman's pretty much the last step there. Yeah, and I think that uh, is anybody complaining? I sure as hell am not. I, I mean, I'm I mean, sure I, I, I would have honestly, I would have, I would have, I would have liked to see the Hell in a Cell end it just because I, I you know. I'm old, so I like a match like Hell in a Cell to actually end a feud, especially when it's such a great match like that. I wouldn't mind seeing it. But now that you've done the no DQ match, yes, I have no problem with the uh, Iron Woman match being the I final. Kinda, I kind of, but to me, see, it was the uh, Hell in a Cell match, if you're going to have Charlotte win, was never going to end it. Well, I mean, unless you, unless Charlotte is coming out with it. I still, I still think it's possible that Charlotte comes out with this. No, but I'm just saying that, oh, yeah, I, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is that Sasha was going to get a rematch no matter what. Sasha, she, Sasha was the champ when she walked into Hell in a Cell. Oh right, I, I see what you're saying. I see. What you're, I mean, you could have said going into the match, you know, you guys, you guys have fought this is your fourth time fighting in two months. This is, you know, just like they did with um, the Miz. They said, you know, even if the Miz loses, you're not getting a rematch after this ladder match. They could have gone and said, you know, this is the final encounter, and I, I would have liked that personally. But, you know, again, now that we're here, I have no problem with seeing an Iron Woman match. Yeah, and I think that uh, – do you think it's going to be a 30-minute match or you think they're going to do – 30, 30. Because I think they – with the way they have pay-per-views now, the pay-per-views don't go to 11 anymore. They yeah. don't even come close to that. They they end at like 11.40. So they have enough time to put in a 60-minute well, match. Well, let's see. What, what other matches are on the card? You, you got uh, Reigns and Owens. You got Jericho and Rollins. Uh, what other? Yeah, we're assuming there's going to be a tag team title match, right? So that, and then the women's match, and then let's say you can get another mid card match on there. That's only six matches. Yeah, I mean, you definitely could go an hour if you wanted. I just, I don't to know me, if I see to it. Me, if 30, you 30 put, minutes, that thirty minutes pace for the uh, the Bailey Sasha match, I thought was perfect. Yeah, I and I agree, and I'm not saying that it wasn't at all. But to me personally, if you're going to say well, the women are equal with the men, and they can main event pay-per-views, they can do all this, they can do all that. Why is the Iron Woman match 30 minutes, Is why is it half the time of Iron Man match? Uh, that's a fair point. I mean, if, if you want to say, look, we're going to prove it, and if you want to make this part of the thing, yeah, I, you almost have to, because otherwise there, there will be those questions. Uh, and can they wrestle an hour? They could. I mean, we've we've seen, you know, they they. How long was the Hell in a Cell match? That was twenty five, thirty minutes, and they could have gone longer. They can. Uh, I don't know. I I do wonder if it would take away from it a little bit, just because you would have to pace the match very differently. Uh, I thought, like I said, I thought the thirty minutes match was pretty much perfectly paced. But they could do it. Yes, they could. Absolutely could do it. I'm not, and the thing is, if it's thirty minutes, I'll still like the match. It'll still be awesome. I'm just saying, if that if you can't force feed all this we're making the women equal and then have right. them inherently uh right unequal it, it's like you know having the the women in tennis only do uh best of three sets while the men do best of five sets it's like wait yeah. why, why why is that happening again yeah um anything else for all not a ton i don't think rich swan was over of course um I was, actually, I was really disappointed that they didn't let Titus O'Neil and Mark Henry go longer. I thought that could have been a really fun match. Yeah, I think it could have been too, but I actually like 
they're making Titus like a salesman. Like he's he's basically just Don King. That's his gimmick. Right. Is that right. his Don King? And um, it makes sense. And I think that he could. They're doing the whole. I'm promoting these big matches and I'm losing them quick. But when that ends, usually, like what it did for Sheamus, when Sheamus went on that huge losing streak where he was losing a lot. He ended up getting a U.S. title run out of that. Yep. So usually you get rewarded for things like this, and I think that if anybody deserves that reward, Titus does. As, as, lo- as long as Titus isn't still being punished from uh, the touching McMahon during the Daniel yeah. Bryan thing. That could also be the reason why he's doing all this. You know, I, I don't think this is the case, but I think that the tag picture kind of left this open, because obviously if, if the New Day wins next week, they become the longest reigning champs, and to have the the number one contender match, go no contest. I, there's a part of me that wonders if they may swerve all of us and have the New Day drop it next week. I I was thinking the same thing. I would not be surprised at all. And I think it would piss me off. Because if if they have them drop it next week, or yeah, if they have them drop it next... Is it next week? I, I, yeah, I think that in between the SmackDown and... Uh, Roadblock, like the, that Thursday is when they break it. So they they just need to get through Smack uh, or get through Raw, excuse me, to uh, to have the record. Uh, so they don't even have a match next week. Well, they're supposed to because they were like that was the thing is they're supposed to have the match every week between now. That was like kind of why they were having all those title matches. The announcers were like, oh, they're going to defend their title every week between now and uh, Roadblock. So then. What about the number one contender? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't wrestle this week, but uh, yeah, I mean, I happily they could they could just. Though I feel like it would be weird to just have it pass by without one last title match. Like that, that doesn't happen. Yeah, but the number one contender contender match. Who won? It was a it was a no contest. So hypothetically, Except, you could have the triple threat. Ex- well, yeah, I guess you could do a triple threat. That is true, yeah. but I was, I was. Or you, just could, you could have a, you could do something with like Cesaro pairing with Gallows or something like that, which I would find hilarious. I, I love yeah. those types of matches, but yeah, that would be funny if they did that. But I don't think they would. I think it'll either be a triple threat or they'll throw somebody else random in there. Like that would be a great time to like. Actually, I don't know. Is Demolition alive? I don't even know. They they are. They were at MCW. I feel uh, this past spring or something like that. That would Imagine. be that would be awesome. Imagine if, because it was a no contest, they actually bring Demolition back to have a match with the New Day. Dude, that would be... I don't know if they can greatest, wrestle anymore, but... That would be the greatest thing they've ever done. Oh, how about this? You call up the Revival and have them win right away. There we go. I'm all in on that. I am not on, on that. <laughs> no, I I'm want not really this record to be broken. And then after that, the New Day can lose the titles and never get them back. I don't give a shit, but I need this record to be broken. Oh man! I mean, and I imagine they will. If nothing else, like if you win all this time just for a swerve, and you you know you didn't let the club have that run earlier, you didn't have you know these guys who were on the verge of things having their run just so they wouldn't have the record. That would just oh the the booking in retrospect would look so ridiculous. Yeah. But um, speaking of the revival, you know, Raw was interesting. I thought NXT this week, uh, starting from the weekend, was way more interesting. Um, obviously, Nakamura, the champion again, uh, won it back in uh, Japan. Yeah, and they put the match on NXT, which is I know Glenn is giddy somewhere because he's going to actually get to see the house show match in which the title was changed. 
There we go. Uh, boy, actually, I didn't see. I know that they had that cage match uh, afterwards. Melbourne actually didn't see who won it. I uh, just imagine. Uh, do, do you want to know who won it? They're, they're going to air the match. No, but, I do okay. not. Fair enough. But, um, you know, th- this makes sense. I, I, th- I think the one thing that surprised me is that Joe uh, is getting his rematch uh, in Australia. You know, it wasn't going to be pushed back to take over, and they are doing this number one contender tournament. That that was the one part that I thought was very surprising. But as far as just the mechanics of it, like, you want that big moment in Japan. You had the big moment when Finn Balor won the title last time they were in Japan. Uh, now you have, you know, Shinsuke not just retaining the title, but winning it back to create a huge moment, a huge pop. Uh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it does. And you have to take into the account that Nobody knows where they go from here. Yeah. It's uh it's fascinating. I let me pull up that NXT tournament because there there are a couple names that could you know, assuming that they do go on to a different one, this is the uh you know, that they don't go back to Joe Nakamura uh in San Antonio. There are a few names that I think you could conceivably say pretty pretty you know, pretty fairly they all could fight. Obviously, Bobby Roode would be an obvious, you know, he'd be an obvious choice. I don't think anyone, you know, that, that he has to be the favorite right now. But if you tell me that, you know, this is part of a Ty Dillinger kind of redemption push, I could buy it. I could too. I could absolutely. Even Roderick Strong. I don't think it would be Roderick Strong. But is Alex, Austin Aries in there? Uh, no, because he's still injured, I think. Oh, okay. It looks like... Um, the the four that they have, unless there are more that are going to be added, the four matches that they've announced so far, uh, Ty Dillinger versus Eric Young. Plus, uh, either of those guys are plausible, quite frankly. You know, yeah. Eric, Eric Young with Sandy with uh, Big Damo. How about Big Damo uh, getting that push that quickly? I'd love to see that. He's he's great. I know that you're probably not too familiar with him. He's a Scottish wrestler, was with uh, ICW a lot. He's fantastic. He's great, big old brawler. He's, he's really good. I, I really like. And putting him with Sanity makes a lot of sense, gives him some character, and lets him use that enforcer role, especially if I think... So did they just kill off the other guy? Uh, sorry for I think he's injured. He's dead? Yes, he's I, dead. I think he's dead. He's dead. No, I, I, don't, I don't think he's dead, but he is injured, so they need a replacement for, there, so they bring in Big Damo. He's great. Uh, Elias Sampson versus Roderick Strong. Um, whatever. Oni Lurkin versus Bobby Roode. Uh, I'd love to see Biff run, but Bobby Roode has that win. And then uh, Andrade against No Way Jose. Dude, uh, uh, Andrade could use it. He, he, I mean, if you're looking for just kind of... A, a, a new heel that's not Samoa Joe? Yeah. yeah. yeah th- actually, the one thing that, the, with the way... Because he's, he's fantastic. He's, he's really good. And he's never gotten the respect that he deserves simply because the guys they keep putting him up, up against are just like... Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they tried to make him a face at first, and then they're like, well, oh, we're going to put him against... He was a face, but the problem was they kept putting him against Bobby Roode and... Ty Dillinger. And Ty Dillinger. It's like, okay, well, right. yeah, he's not going to get cheered in those matches. Now, the, the interesting thing about Dillinger is how he kind of came in and was like, you know, I wonder if NXT is the place for me. I wonder if you almost use this to kind of do a, you know, Dillinger doesn't end up succeeding. And he says, you know, it's like t- NXT isn't the place. Almost a reverse from what you would think where, you know... This isn't the place for me. I can't succeed, so I'm going to go to the main roster and succeed. I, I'd be fascinating to see them try to do that. I think it could work, and I'd love to see him come out at number 10 in the Rumble. They, yeah. Like, that has to happen. I would, I'm would. i actually going to be oh angry God, at this I point. I didn't even think about that. Like, 
He is number 10 in the Rumble. It has to happen. It, it just has to happen. Oh, oh, my God. The place would erupt. The building would explode, I think, from all the pops. Especially if you do it correctly and you do it, you know, like they normally have the, the you know, the number on the Tron or whatever. If instead the number, the normal number 10, if you do it, the 10 in his entrance video, and that's how you do it. Oh, my God, dude. Like, that has to happen. So I'm almost rooting for him to lose and be like, fine, I'm done with NXT. Like, you know, I'm done with NXT and then show up on the main roster. Because we've, we've really never had it quite like... Bo Dallas was close to that way, but he was, you know, he succeeded and then he moved on. You know, after he ended up losing. He did leave, uh, lose that loser leaves NXT match. But just kind of the, you know, I can't succeed here, but maybe I can succeed on SmackDown. I think with just, again, the kind of the mechanics of it, the idea of it is uh, is a fascinating one to me. And the fact that it would be a good way to try to say NXT is a third brand in right. and of itself. Exactly. You know, it's it's not just, you know, we're looking for a promotion here. It's I'm leaving NXT. Maybe I don't succeed here, but I can succeed here. We're, we're putting it on that level. Just that that message, I think, would be a good one. Um, other thing about NXT, you know, we, we've kind of talked about the replenishing the stocks, we've, and we've talked about... Uh, you talked about how they were going to be out of business in the next three months. Yeah, I said I absolutely said that they were going to be out of business uh, in the next three months. But um, we saw Kimberly face Ember Moon, and uh, while it wasn't official at the time, it is now official, uh, Kimberly and Heidi Lovelace, who are two of the top... Uh, you could make a case two of the top three kind of American independent women, along with Candice LeRae, uh, signed by WWE. Uh, we know that they were, they had a bunch of women's tryout uh, about a month ago. Those two were included, as well as a bunch of others. There's been talk about having a women's tournament similar to the Cruiserweight Classic. It makes all the sense of the world, and those two, they've killed it on the independent scene. And I, I'm really excited to see what they br- can bring to NXT and at a time when, quite frankly, NXT does need a few more women so, you know, you ju- it's not just Asuka and Ember Moon. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of being disrespectful to Billy Kay. I, I like uh, Billy, I like Billy Kay. I, I like all of them, but they're not quite there yet. And and they could the division could use a little bit of depth. They could use some more depth, but I think that they are there. And I think if Asuka wasn't the champion, that the work that Billy Kay and Peyton Royce are doing would have put them at the top of the women's division by now. It's possible. Um, it's definitely possible. But, you know, Asuka's Asuka, and she's going to be there as long as she wants to be. Um, (laughs) Or as long as it takes her to learn English, pretty much, is how long she's going to be there. Or until, Um, you know, they just need someone to come. You know, they they get done with the the horsewomen stuff up on the main roster, and they're like, oh, yeah, there's another person we can bring up to kick people's heads in. Yeah, for sure. Um, But what you're talking about them bringing in those women. What about the look that... Uh, between Asuka and I can't even remember her name, but the girl Insanity. Oh yeah, I mean she's yeah. I I assume that's going to be, you know, if we, ass- it would if we assume they're holding off Ember Moon until WrestleMania weekend. Nikki Cross is a perfectly logical takeover San Antonio opponent. Like that, yeah. that's the perfect bridge there. And because she's literally insane, so like. If anyone could give Asuka a legitimate fight for a title, it would yep. be her. Yeah. I, I, you know, it makes perfect sense. Uh, Nikki Cross can definitely go. I got no problem with it. And, and I do, I like the idea of holding back Ember Moon until Mania. Because I feel like when you put Ember Moon there, you want her to win right away. You yeah, don't you want do. her to take a loss and 
I don't think it's Asuka's time to lose yet. So Nikki Cross is a perfect transitional person. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. And if we're being honest, you just said they signed two more people. If Asuka can give full promos in English, she needs to be on the main roster as soon as WrestleMania ends. I mean, literally the next day. She should be on Raw or maybe wait two days and be on SmackDown. I was going to say. But either way, she needs to be on the roster. Yeah, uh, I got no problem with it. Yeah, so you have her drop the belt. Uh, if you assume kind of Ember Moon is the new Asuka and that, you know, we, we still don't know too much about if Ember Moon can cut a great promo, how much, you know, how good her character work is. But as an unstoppable buzzsaw, yeah. I mean, Asuka can't cut a great promo. Well, but, but that, but that's what I'm saying is, you know, if, if you, <laughs> that's what I'm saying is kind of replace Asuka in that role. Yeah. In that, you know, she's just going to be, she's a presence on top of the division as much as anything. Yeah, for sure. Uh, boy, I'm, anything else here? Yeah, the, well, the last thing I wanted to talk about is the tag team title picture on NXT. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you think, I thought DIY was going to get a little bit more of a run, but I can't see a situation in which that they beat the authors of pain. Uh, I think they're going to win the rematch to retain the titles mm-hmm. against the Revival. And uh, after that, I literally cannot see a situation in which DIY wins a match versus the Authors of Pain the way they've been booked over since both of them have been in the company. Now, Probably not. Now, could they retain without winning? Yeah, that's the thing right there. They could retain without winning, and then you push the match, but... yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, that, I you know, I the the reason that I lost the Survivor Series was because I thought that they might try to push DIY straight up to the roster to you know whether it's two hundred five live or to fill in kind of the tag ranks a little bit yeah. uh, or both. Quite frankly, uh, you know, it wouldn't. This is just kind of a it's a they needed a face to you know for the Authors of Pain. So yeah, I, I could absolutely see Authors of Pain just winning in San Antonio and that being that for uh, DIY on NXT. Yeah. I mean, I could see that as well. So we get women just real quickly because uh, we don't cover the rest of the show. Mickey James did officially sign a contract. She is back in WWE, and uh, I think she's going to end up on SmackDown. So no one's complaining about that at all. I mean, it kind of sucks for people like Carmella who are trying to make a, a splash, but at the same time, uh, it's a doggy dog world. Yep, <laughs> and I, I really like Mickey, so I'm it's, not gonna it's Mickey. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah. Now, do you think uh, if she does sign with SmackDown, do you think that she's the person that takes the belt from Alexa Bliss? No, I don't think she she uh, ends up winning a title. I, I think it's going. To, I think it's going to be just kind of a, you know, kind of that that Dudley Boys role where she comes in, puts over some of the top talent, lets them, you know, especially for someone like Carmella, lets them work with a true veteran in yeah. there. Um, I can see that, and and helps them out in that way. I, I see it more being. And it might not even be a super long run. It might be a hell. It might be a mania run, but you know, having her back full time is it can't be a bad thing. Never is. Yep. All right, AJ. I think we're going to let you go here. We're going to uh, go out to the Wormies. Anything you got to plug? Um, Francis Sports Academy. We're back at it. Uh, my dad's doing basketball training, and me myself getting ready for this playoff push. Um. If you guys, it was a big, I don't know why it was a big story. I didn't think it was that big a deal. But, yes, I did change my number to 69. (laughs) And that's because 69 is one of the greatest numbers of all time. And 
um, my buddy Mojo Raleigh. Who, I was going to say Mojo everyone, would be proud. Everyone listening to this show should know who Mojo Raleigh is. He is so happy for me that I changed my number to 69. Of course he is. Has he gotten a jersey yet? Uh, yeah, I think he's, we were talking about it today. I literally was just talking to him before we got on the show. <laughs> and um, we uh, it's only a matter of time. I think that he will get that 69 Francis jersey. And the fact that this time next week... I was going to say, is he going to wear a 69 Redskins jersey out to the ring on SmackDown? That would be awesome if he did. I'm going to talk to him. I didn't even consider that as an option. Um, it has to but, happen, right? It like has it, to. it ha- no, like that has to happen. We, we got to make that happen right now. Right now, <laughs> I actually am going to text him right now because you just gave me that brilliant idea. Like um, that, you get the he's the perfect guy to get that cheap hometown pop. A, he's from the area. B, you get the the hometown pop for people who don't realize he's a local boy, and then he and it's the '69 Redskins jersey that you have. Like yeah, exactly. It, it has to happen. Has to. Oh my God, that's such a great day, idea, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, you might have a future in this business. I, I I come up with you know between Ty Dillinger coming out at number ten, and uh, that's why we keep you around because you got good ideas. You're just uh, such an asshole. Sometimes. I I hey, the best geniuses in the world are also assholes. This is a fact yeah, of life. I know that is true. I'm also an asshole. So, <laughs> so what, what what did you say? Your 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 big fear, whatever it was. What was the line you gave Steinberg about the sixty nine? Oh, 69, it's because I'm big and nasty. Big and nasty. But, but and, then, and then you went on and said, you know, I, I can be nice. But on the field, I'm big and nasty. Big and nasty. And I'm nasty off the field. That's why I'm 69. There we go. <laughs> All right, AJ. Well, I will. Uh, hey, I'll see you on Tuesday. Yeah, see you. Tribute to the troops. Is that true? Is it tribute to the troops or is that something separate? I, I never no, figured it, that no, one they're out. Doing, no, they're that was one of the reasons why Dean didn't know if he could get his tickets because he thought all the will call, I mean, all the extras would be gone because it is true. They're doing mm. tribute to the troops that night as well. Gotcha. Yeah, they're just taping it and then they'll play it the next day. But they're so is this so like, like a five-hour taping? I think the show it says starts at six fifteen. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> so yeah. Okay. I, well, I assume they're going to do probably tribute to the troops beforehand. Well, Glenn Smack says out, he's not going. Yeah, I'm, five live, right. and then uh, more tribute to the troops after. Oh boy, it's gonna be a long. Actually, night. no, they'll probably do some tribute to the troops at Raw, so they'll probably just do it before. That that might be the case. Yeah, I was gonna say if they do it after, people are gonna have to leave because the Metro is gonna close at like eleven fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be there. Glenn won't because he's a loser. And uh, good times. Come out. Come out and see us if you're uh, gonna be around SmackDown in DC on uh, yeah. Tuesday night. All right. Uh, coming up next. We go to the winter meetings in D.C., the baseball winter meetings, where we bumped into a couple of wrestlers. Me and Glenn talk to the Nasty Boys, next on Jobbing Out. How well do you pick weekly NFL games? Pick Factor is the free new app that lets you pick each week's games and see how you do against your friends or against the whole country. Join other leagues or create your own custom league all for free. Pick Factor is easy to download from the Google Play Store or the App Store. When you open the Pick Factor app for the first time, a full tutorial shows you what to do. Play against the press box staff. When you download Pick Factor, click Join a League and enter league name PBS for press box. 
sports. Once you enter PBS, you'll be able to see how your weekly picks do against the Press Box staff. This week, anyone who beats the Press Box staff will automatically be qualified to win a $25 Royal Farms gift card. One winner will be chosen from everyone who beats our entire staff. You need to be 18 or older to enter and live in Maryland. No purchase is necessary. We will notify the winner through email in the Pick Factor app. If nobody beats our entire staff, the person in our league with the highest score will win the $25 gift card. To get the most points, fill out your picks by Thursday. It's you against the Press Box Pros. Download the Pick Factor app in the Google Play Store or the App Store. Stay up to date with all the latest Ravens game day info with PressBox's Project Game Day. Use your phone, tablet, or computer to get a live stream of the latest social media, video links, and pictures keeping you in touch with every aspect of this week's game. In front of the TV or on the go, use any smartphone or computer to get into the action now at PressBoxOnline.com slash GameDay. That's PressBoxOnline.com slash GameDay. PressBox's Project Game Day is presented by ParXL and Geico. Time for nasty sensation! Get ready for Pity City! With a nasty voice, we got a bad reputation. When you see the nasties coming, better change your direction. Everybody talks, but we know talk is cheap. If you mess with the boys, we'll rearrange your teeth. We're the boys. We're the boys. We're the nasties. Welcome back to segment three of Jobbing Out. I'm here, Aaron Oster. We're trading out AJ Francis for Glenn Clark here, here at the winter meetings. And before I think about the winter meetings here at baseball, me and Glenn, we're both here for it. And you never know just who we're going to run into. And I definitely, you know, I thought maybe Mike Rizzo, maybe some managers, Glenn. The guys who I did not expect to run into, who I'm very happy to have on the show right now, the Nasty Boys, Brian Nobbs, Jerry Sags here uh, to promote the uh, the Legends of Wrestling tour. So uh, the Nasty Boys here on Jobbing Out right now. How you guys doing today, man? Everybody doing good? Well, I'll tell you, you better not expect to be jobbing out over here. You two are going to be doing the job now that you're with the Nasty Boys. And you, Mr. Glenn, look like you're looking for some pity city. I'll take you, but I need a better partner. I need a better partner. I'm not fighting with Aaron moving forward, but we'll take you. Well, he looks like he's Michael Championship Wrestling, the midget <laughs> wrestling. All right, guys, let's let's start with um, uh, the Legends of Wrestling. And you guys have been going out the stadiums doing, uh, I know you've done uh, the City Field up in New York. I know you're headed to Jacksonville this weekend. These are really great cards that you guys have been a part of. Can you take us through how this whole thing came about? Uh, it all came about uh, back in 2006 when uh, the Tampa Bay Rays asked me to be their 10th man to get the fans in because there was more Yankee fans and Red Sox fans coming to games than there were Rays fans. So I was like kind of this and that so i said what do i get and they said well you get a you know nice to the nice chair right behind the home base and i said, is that all i get and they said that comes with free of food and beer i said i'm a nasty boy i'm in i didn't have to sign anything we shook hands and then after the first year they asked and said hey would you like to put a legend show on bring a couple of legends in sign autographs do some stuff during the game and they put three matches on we did that and went over a big 18,000 people stayed after the game. Next year we did it with the White Sox. A.J. Pazinski got involved. Ozzie Gein got involved. And the Demon got involved because the Demon is their strength coach, you know. And uh, 25,000 people. So then all of a sudden other teams started calling us. And um, we made it into a, a legitimate 
you know, business as, you know, Legends of Wrestling. And we dealt with Major League Baseball. We did it at uh, City Field with New York Mets with no baseball. And we drew 11,000 people. They were ecstatic. We had Ric Flair. We had Bret Hart. We had Goldberg. I mean, you name it, they were there. RVD, Big Papa Pump, the Nasty Boys, Mr. Anderson, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. But then we went from there, and this year we did PNC Park with the Pittsburgh Pirates. On a Wednesday, they did 35,000 people, and we had Kurt Angle, because he's the hometown boy, Booker T., Tito Santana and the Nasty Boys. We signed autographs for the fans. We did all kind of stuff during the games. They were so happy. We'll be coming back there this year. The Marlins were on our third or fourth year with them. David Sampson, the president, is a good friend, and uh, they love it. They love it. Brings the fans out, and it kind of interjects because baseball and wrestling, the fans kind of go together, and kind of you know brings everybody to one event, and then people that may not went to. A baseball game and went to a wrestling show you know what i mean now they go to a baseball game and they say hey i liked it i'm, I'm gonna come back to a baseball game so either or it goes back and forth and we use all the legends all the guys that everybody knows and like this this week right now we got our foot in the nfl jacksonville jaguars against the minnesota vikings we're going to be doing our thing we got rick flair there hacksaw jim duggan we got mouth of the south jimmy hart we got the Hammer, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and the Nasty Boys. So you got four Hall of Famers and, you know, and the crazy legends right here, the Nasty Boys. Yeah, I was going to say, minor league baseball and wrestling have always kind of gone hand in hand, but what's it like to step into the, the NFL, the big sport here in America, and really get that association going? Well, if, if you really look at history of wrestling, it, it, that's why Ted Turner loved wrestling in its infancy. Wrestling was always a product of cross-branding, to bring people in, to cross-brand to sports, to any kind of other entertainment, to whatever you're trying to get over. You involve wrestling in it. You're drawing a a whole new demographic. Wrestling, like with Ted Turner, he used it to build CNN and WTBS in the early days. That's why he always loved wrestling. Now you look at what wrestling can do as far as now all these cable networks. You know, they're all knocking on WWE's door. You want They want a wrestling show on there to help brand all the shows around it. You know what I'm saying? And he can pick, pick and choose. So NFL is the same way. They're, I mean, they're, the football fans are very close to wrestling fans, especially when you get in towns around Philly and where we're from. And You know, who throws snowballs at Santa Claus? Wrestling fans. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. All right, he's Jerry Sachs. That's Brian Nobbs. They're joining us here on Jobbing Out. Nobbs, there's a name that I'm sure people are going to say, when's he going to show up for a Legends of Wrestling event? And I think you know the name I'm going to ask. He's a guy that is very popular in pro wrestling and is sort of on the outs, and people are waiting to see him come back, and that's, of course, the Hulkster, Hulk Hogan. You got anything in mind for that? Yeah, well, you know, we got him, we got him on the list. But right now he's keeping a low profile, man. He's getting... You know, all the legal stuff and all the other crap that was came his way, and he's just leaving a, keeping a low profile. And you're going to see the Hulkster back. There is only one Hulk Hogan. He's the very best. He always will be the number one wrestler known to people, and even, even better than The Rock, and The Rock's a friend of ours. But when Hulkster goes walking down at an airport, everybody comes up to him. Everybody knows it's Hulk Hogan. So he'll never lose that persona. He's just, you know, a smart man, and he's just taking a step back, and, relaxing 
and you got a pretty good lawsuit, so right. you know. So I, I, I actually think it's a great thing that he stepped out of limelight a little bit. I mean, the guy's been in the main media stream for what 35, 40 years. I mean, oh my God, without ever stopping. You know what I mean? It's a, I think it's an awesome thing he stepped that, that he's out of sight, out of mind for a while. Because now when he does come back, it's like, oh my God, he's back. Because that you were so used to seeing him for forty years straight on everything. You know what I mean? Now it's a, you got to step away, take a little break. When he does make an entrance back, I think it'll be a big thing now. You know what I'm saying? Which I think is good for him. You probably need a little rest, too. <laughs> and, and, and what you're talking about football, you know, if you look back, a lot of pro wrestlers played in pro football. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Wahoo McDaniel, Ernie the Cat Lad, Goldberg. I mean, you just the list goes on. And, you know, a lot of wrestlers... You know, went to good colleges and played pro ball, and you know, then it came to wrestling because wrestling were, took all the crazies. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, speaking of Hulkster and uh, his possible return, a lot of talk. WrestleMania only an hour away from you guys. Any chance you think uh, Hulkster could show up there this year? You never know. You never know. You know, they got uh, Goldberg there, probably going to go against Brock. I would think that would be the, one of the main events, and. Uh, you never know. I mean, we might be getting Amen. get inducted into the Hall of Fame. We, you know? We're waiting for that. Yeah, we're waiting for it, too. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, we didn't get you, the name the Nasty Boys for nothing. So You mean, you mean the Cheesesteak Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. That's, what we're, <laughs> that's what we're It's a far bigger honor. It's a far <laughs> bigger honor than that one. Hey, you brought up uh, Goldberg. Did you guys watch the match? Did you see the match a couple weeks ago? And what'd you- I, I, saw, I saw when Bill first came out. And I, I was pretty – I like that. You know what I mean? I, I think there should be more of that done, not only for the, bu- the business in a whole, but I think the younger guys need to have more of our generation involved with their learning and teaching because basically now they're coming right out of the independence or wherever they're coming from, and, and, and they're not, there's not enough of us guys from our era in there to, 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 to transform them like that. So I'm, I'm glad to see Bill come back into the scene. I wish it would have one more guys. I really do. I think it was good that he came out and just came out and just trashed Brock and makes it bigger than them going 15, 20 minutes, finding a thing. It just showed you that Goldberg was ready, came out, you know, yeah. gave him the old spear, jackhammer, and done. And the people were like, oh, my God, Goldberg's <laughs> yeah. back, you know. So it builds up everything, the storylines and everything. And I think it's going to be very good uh, Royal Rumble and a great WrestleMania this year. You know, the Goldberg wasn't the only person to return recently. Just completely out of nowhere, the headbangers show up on SmackDown. If, because of this brand split, WWE comes up to you guys and say, you know what, we want to get the Nasties back involved. The, the tag team, the headbangers? Yeah. I didn't know. I never knew that. Yeah, Good for, for shows. Oh, yeah. Really nice. I, I, know, I, I know the Dudleys came back for a while. Yeah, I didn't know the headbangers did. They're good, they're good guys, too. I'm glad for them. Yeah, real good guys. But uh, if they called us... Uh, I don't know. I'm getting a little bit uh, tore up here in the past 30 years, and it's going to have to be a, one hell of a street fight match. I can still do that. I can still swing a chair and throw somebody through a table. So, you know, I'm, I'm game for the street fight match, you know, or, you know, all out hardcore because we were hardcore before hardcore was cool. We called it Broad Street Bully Matches, Chicago Street Fights. It was never called hardcore, and we didn't come down with a bunch of stuff. We used the actual stuff from the building that was there for 20, 30 years and just destroyed and smashed ourselves to death. 
you know. Guys, you know, I don't know. Are you familiar at all with there's a tag team right now called The Revival? Are you familiar with these guys? Uh, Scott Dawson, Dash Wilder. All right. The, the, the big thing that's there is that they're, they're sort of this revival of tag team wrestling, of telling a story with both guys and how difficult that is. It's not just two guys wrestling, but you're telling the story of both guys. There was an era you guys were part of it where that was a big deal. How important is it? for tag teams in any level of professional wrestling. It doesn't have to be tag team. Every match should tell a story. Every match should tell a story and, and, and lead up to that big climax of when the people go absolutely crazy. Yeah. And, you know, you, you had the heels and you had the baby faces and, and the heels were the heels. I mean, we got actually, I got actually stabbed in Peoria. We had, had so much heat. Peoria the noise. We had stuff thrown at us and all that stuff. So... You know, we just, uh, you know, did our thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I really agree that bringing that back and doing, the, doing what he has to do and, and, and telling the story, either tag team or regular, you know, just regular matches, yeah. I think it should be done. I think it should go back. You know, and you don't have to go slow, you know, and like we all headlock for 20 minutes or nothing, but tell a story, you know, get the heat. Big comeback, and then whatever the finish is, you know. So, yeah, I think I think uh, definitely they should bring that back. You know, do you get to watch the current product, whether it's WWE or any other uh, nowadays? And if so, is there- I watch Raw. I didn't watch SmackDown for a while, even though I like Shane O'Mac. He's a friend of mine. I haven't watched SmackDown in a while, but uh, yeah, I watch Raw and you know flip through it. And guys I like, and you know, and I, I see a lot of guys I like out there, you know. So. You know, Orton Jr. still going, Randy Orton, and we got, uh, you know, John Cena, of course, and he's still doing his thing, and, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm more old schoolish, so, you know, what can I say? Yeah, Brian, you, you're going to be hanging out with Ric Flair Sunday with the, uh, the Jaguars-Vikings game. They've really been pushing Charlotte, and they have put her in the main event now of a pay-per-view of multiple episodes of Raw. What do you think of how they've done that? with women's performers and giving them that platform. I think it's fantastic. And you know what? It's not like when I was there, Sherry Martell was awesome. She really knew how to wrestle. But uh, today you have all these divas that know how to wrestle and put on one hell of a match. And I know Charlotte since she's been a little kid, and I'm so glad she's getting the push because she's doing some wild stuff out there, and she's not just a tiny girl either. She's oh, yeah. put together. That thing she did off the top rope was unbelievable. But, but Sasha Banks and, and, you know, just every every woman I see on there, they throw – somebody's teaching them right. And, and, and it used to be Norman Smiley, so I don't know if it still is. But if it still is Norman, he's doing a heck of a job with the women's division. You know, uh, WWE, they've done the PG thing for a while. It seems like they're slowly starting to kind of get back to maybe because this past all we saw a guy get smashed over the head with a vase. We obviously had the TLC pay-per-view, which is nothing but street fights, the no-DQ fight. Uh, last, Do you think uh, that they should be going back towards kind of maybe not the full hardcore style we saw in the Attitude Era, but something closer to that? Yeah, well, there was an Attitude Era before the Attitude Era ever started. They call it the Attitude Era. We was doing doing that in 1992 and 93. We were calling, like I said, street fight matches and Broad Street Bully match and this and that and, and you know, go all over the building. I mean, that was, you know, a thing, but it, was, it wasn't a major, you know, where they put a stamp on it and now it's called hardcore or something right. like that. But, uh, yeah, they, they, they definitely need a variety of different matches in there. That's what wrestling was all about, and managers. 
different managers. You know, you used to have Jimmy Hart, Bobby DeBrain Heenan, Mr. Fuji. I mean, slick. You just go down the line and, you know, all of that in a match or all of that in a whole match of all the matches that they have combines to have a great card. And it turns out to be a great show, you know. Brian, as we wind down, uh, our third co-host couldn't be here because he's uh, he plays for the Redskins, and they had football practice today. Loser. Yeah, what right, loser? Hey, you're much much happier here. I guarantee that. He uh, actually got to hang out with you back at WrestleMania down in Dallas, and he told some tales about you guys having quite the night. But I was just wondering if you'd be willing to cut a promo on him because he thinks that he's going to be able to, to casually move. He was talking to the Washington Post last week. Oh, I'm going to go be a wrestler after I finish up football. His name is AJ. Would you be willing to cut a promo on him where you tell him, you know, what he's walking into? AJ, just because you parted with the nasty boy last year at WrestleMania doesn't mean you can step in a ring. You may be a hell of a football player. But it's a it's total, okay. it's a whole total different ball game when you step into the squared circle. <laughs> and you'll find that out very fast, my man. <laughs> so you keep playing football as long as you can because it may be a hard transition. Not everybody's did it. Some people's did it and been successful, but a lot of people have failed. So I just got to tell you, if you're good at something, stick to it. But don't think it's going to be just a snap, step, and a jump that you're going to jump right into pro wrestling and be a superstar. That don't happen to anybody. And Brian Nobbs is going to kick your ass. Ah, no, I, I, I liked him. We had a good time at WrestleMania. Yeah, we had a few shots and beers, so he's, he's okay in my book. Hey, Brian, let's get our plugs in uh, real quick. I know it's thelegendsofwrestling.com. What else can we plug for them? And then uh, you got um, a website, social media, anything like that we can plug for you guys. Uh, well, it's thelegendsofwrestling.com. The uh, we are doing, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguar game this Sunday, December 11th. And uh, we're having a, a question and answer from 10 to 11, like a tailgate party. And then from 11 to 1, we're taking pictures with the fans. Awesome. And then... In quarter two and quarter three, we're going to be with the fans, just talking to them, signing autographs, having fun. And uh, then, you know, we're going to just have, watch the Red in the game, and hopefully the Jaguars will kick the Vikings' butt and we'll all go home happy. Yeah, you about, know? Uh, for you and Jerry, a Twitter or anything like that? Uh, no Twitter. I got I got a Twitter, but I'm, I'm not really on it now. I got a Facebook. <laughs> I got a Facebook page, Brian Nobbs. Great. So, you know, you can, you know, try to get a hold of me there. And, uh, Besides that, um, you know, we're, this Legends of Wrestling is getting bigger and bigger, so you'll be seeing it all around. We'll be getting, when, you know, we're going, we got our foot in the NFL, NHL's talking to us, and we're also doing minor league now. So we're all over the place, man. We're coming to a town near you soon. We're hoping to get you here in D.C. and Baltimore, Brian, seriously. March 25th, we'll be in Augusta, Georgia. Okay. All right, so Augusta, Georgia, March 25th, Legends of Wrestling. And I can't even tell you who's all going to be there. <laughs> Flair's going to be there. He's one of them being guys. Ron Simmons, Booker T, Stevie guys. Ray, you know, so. Nice, nice. Brian, thanks so much, man. Okay, man. You guys take care and stay nasty, brothers. Okay, so let me first say, this is one of the more awkward things <laughs> I've ever done. Like, plain awkward. I can't even begin to describe. So, first, we're back, not in studio. We're back elsewhere at the baseball winter meetings, which is where we found the nasty boys. Yes. Where I found the nasty boys. Well, yeah, that's true. You found the nasty boys. Correct. 
And by the way, they were great. Really awesome. Really great conversation with those guys. Really enjoyed it and appreciate them taking a few minutes as they're down. Uh, they actually have a job to do this week. Right. So um, we're now back up, and we are right now in it's the ballroom at the Gaylord Resort in National Harbor, Maryland. Yep. That's where, for my show, Glenn Clark Radio, uh, myself and Stan Charles from Pressbox have been broadcasting all week. But you got to understand, we're not really separated from the rest of humanity here. We're just sort of behind a curtain. It's not soundproof. Oh, and, and also, you know, a huge thing just happened. So there's a lot of buzz here. Oh, yeah, there's tons of buzz. There's hundreds, if not a thousand reporters, um, very professional, yes. that are here to work on baseball. Yes. Aaron and I are now going to talk about professional wrestling, and they all can hear us. So that's what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's going it, it, it's, on, it's just a recap. It's fun. All right, uh, so I don't know what you and AJ covered in segments number one and two because, again, those I don't know if you described it or not, but I had not had an opportunity to watch wrestling. Oh, we, we, we described okay. it, and, you know, we called you a loser, as we should have. Well, I've been stuff. working, Aaron. Well, so have I. I've been, shut up. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually not at home, so I haven't been able to go home and watch wrestling during the course of the week. So uh, I let you guys cover that stuff. There's a few topics, however, uh, that I wanted to cover with you. As we wound down. So I'm going to call this a quick count, but we might, it might be more of like four or five or, or well, all sorts of stories that th- are out there. There were a few fun stories that happened over the weekend that not related to WWE. Well, that one's the first one that I wanted to start with. Yeah. And that is a story you brought to AJ and I's attention when you texted us. And I thought, holy hell, this is amazing. Uh, and it involves Matt Hardy and the Young Bucks. Can you explain it to me? Yeah, so we obviously were talking about the Young Bucks last week. And we were doing that in the sense of a contract. We thought, you know, maybe this is a big weekend. It's a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. There's talks about WWE. This could be a very big weekend for the Young Bucks. Yeah. When we were right, just not for... (laughs) Well, we were right about a contract. They did sign a contract with Ring of Honor. They they re-signed with them. So that's a big deal. But uh, on screen, uh, if you missed it, first of all, the uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view final battle, fantastic pay-per-view, fantastic show, top to bottom, new champion, Kyle O'Reilly is champion, which... You know, I think Adam Cole's under contract till April. You got to qu- question uh, what that means about that. Mm. But uh, the Young Bucks and Briscoes had a good match because, of course, they did because they're the Young Bucks and the Briscoes. And after it, the lights go off. You know, there's that that buzz in wrestling when mm-hmm. you know the lights go off, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, broken Matt delete. Hardy delete delete appears on screen. And I'll say this: <laughs> they had one of, or he, I shouldn't say they. It was only he. One of the biggest pops I've heard in a long oh, well, time. Dude, he's so red hot well, right okay. now. I tell you, nine months ago, Matt Hardy is going oh, to no, have I, the biggest right. pop right, in wrestling in 2016 you, at the but, Hammerstein but bro, Ballroom. I mean, like, no, we've obviously. all been watching. Yes. Uh, Hammerstein Ballroom just absolutely erupted. And uh, he basically says, we're here to save Ring of Honor just like we saved... Or, they didn't so say just great. like we saved DNA. Uh, we are here to... Delete your reign. Mm-hmm. I'm going to. We're going to bring our, my broken brilliance here. So I presume that means it's not just n- Matt. He said we are, and right. they're coming to delete the reign and right. to prove they are the best tag team. So you assume that it's Matt and Brother Nero. There's a couple interesting things to this. One, how was he? The fact that he was able to and allowed to be on the Ring of Honor right. pay per view is 
crazy. And well, is it though, or is TNA in just such a bad position right now that they kind of have to just bend on on everything? And and that might be, especially with his contract coming up in February, mm-hmm. it might be a situation. Look, we're going to let you do this. It's, it's not bad for TNA in any way. No, it's great promotion. Me, they, for them. they have they have total nonstop deletion. That's the episode next week mm-hmm. on the fifteenth. That's mm-hmm. the the thing that was supposed to be at the Hardy's compound. Now you genuinely have to wonder: Are the Bucks going to show up at that? Is that it, is that because we know that there are outside teams being involved in that? We know uh, the Rock and Roll Express is going. Oh, I didn't in. know that. Okay. Yeah. So um, we know that they are bringing in outside, you know, teams to use there. Could the Young Bucks be involved? You know, they've been constantly needling each other. You know, is is that the exchange there? And you have to watch it now, if nothing else, to see. Uh-huh, oh man, yeah, could, right. You know, B. You now have a Matt Hardy, Hardy Boys, and Young Bucks feud. This is the disappointing part about it. The disappointing part about it is that you don't assume that they're doing this if it's leading to the Hardys being able to jump to WWE in time for WrestleMania, right? Like that's the disappointing part. Like, well, are they really doing this if the path that they're on is ultimately? See, I, I never, I never thought they were going to be at WrestleMania this year, mainly because their contract situation. They're going through the end of February. That would be a real quick turnaround if they were going to be there at WrestleMania. Not that they. Couldn't well, I was going to say. I mean, I think that would almost work out perfectly because I don't think. I don't, and I say this, I don't know... I think they the, have a run-up to Mania. I don't think they, they would, like, if, if... Okay, then I think it's the wrong time. I, I think that's going to... This is, to me, the only time you can do it. It's too hot right now. I don't think you can count on another year, and obviously the reason that you're doing it is because you want to do something with the Wyatt family. That's the specific reason right. for doing this. And right now you have Bray and Randy Orton, and they're hot. Um, that This would be nope. explosive it would if be. you could pull it off, but... The only way I think it works is if you do it now, because I think there's too much risk involved, whether or not it's people sort of, it, the hardy stuff going stale, right. whether it's somebody getting hurt, whether whatever it is, there's, there's a, a minimal amount of risk to begin with. I, I, I think, think there's so much more if you try to right. wait a year. I, I think the interesting thing is is more just kind of the specifics on how this happened. You know, they did have to get TNA's permission for it. This, right. is some, this is something that apparently they were negotiating throughout. We don't know what the terms are, and we don't know why. It could just be that... Um, the new company that's taken over Anthem is more willing to negotiate these sort of things, more mm-hmm. willing to work with outside than maybe Dixie Carter was, which, again, would be a huge thing in just the whole, the, the it whole landscape. It could be that everyone's contracts got ripped up in the process and they're all working I, from week to week. I, it, it could be that. I mean, it could be anything right, right now. So, that I mean, that's the fascinating, more than just the storyline, which, of course, is going to be phenomenal. You have the two of the three most entertaining entities right now and the Young Bucks, the oh, Hardys, right. and the New Days working with each other. I saw some spoilers for the uh, the TV tapings they did afterwards. There's going to be some fun stuff there, though. The Hardys, from what I understand, did not show up. They did have presence there, but did not show up, which is oh, interesting. Oh, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Yeah. It's tremendous. It's, it's phenomenal. Yes. So, you know, that's... Oh, that's not on until Thursday night. People, most people, people are going to watch this by now, right? The TV tapings? Yeah. Well, we don't oh, know they, what episode. They, right, they, they, they did four yeah, episodes yeah, yeah, at once. Yeah. This okay. could be a month from now. God damn it. We can't talk about this. It's I, so crazy. Sure, we can't. It's not a spoiler. They super kick Vanguard <laughs> 1, and it's amazing. It's, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm all in on that. Yeah. All in I, on that. Yeah, just... You know, and I just keep going back to the fact that Matt Hardy got what I think is the pop of the year. Yeah, but okay, whether or not it's the pop of the year, and it might be. I'm not. I'm not right. saying that it isn't. It might be, but again, it's it's specific to a couple of things. It's specific to how hot Matt Hardy is, but it's also more specific to we genuinely didn't expect to see this. Exactly. Like this is if if for whatever reason. The, the same thing had happened on Raw, it would have been just as electric. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. 
It's it's not. I'm not saying that. Oh my God, Ring of Honor. Though I will say, you know, I had talked in the past that the juice around Ring of Honor is not good. You know, is not high right now. There's not a lot of buzz, and this is something that could be potentially huge for Ring of Honor. Okay, I mean, they, they've had they've 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 lost a lot of talent in a short they, amount of time. They were honestly like, I think you would make the case that out of all of the, almost all of the wrestling companies around, they're the only ones to not significantly take a step forward. Like TNA from the beginning well, of the year. Well, their TV contract's terrible. The TV contract's terrible. Their storylines have not been good. The New Japan thing, while it's been fun to see you know, all the New Japan guys, mm-hmm. and it, it's been bad for the storylines because you've only had the Japan guys sometimes and you had to work them in. It, it just it hasn't been a good year overall for Ring of Honor. So for them to come up in final battle and, and have a great show that has a huge angle like this is tremendous for them oh, i agree um how long you know it, yeah. what, and what does this mean for other guys are there other guys that are given the same flexibility to right. work both was this a one-time thing for and, matt and and can, can anyone like that's the thing right it was anyone given right the are, are you given the opportunity because and that, that's why i think the backstage stuff because like more. cody working both would be well cody i don't think is under contract at tna that's but that's what i'm saying like yeah. right now could you have total flexibility cody, right if if they go if if he goes back to them and says wait I'm allowed to work Ring of Honor like right. okay well I, I'll work some dates with you if I can also work Ring of Honor if I can also work some other things right um, I think there's a lot of options for different performers if, if, if this is you know maybe not a direct relationship but a a working relationship between right. Ring of Honor and TNA that does that's a or change even in the if landscape it's just an, an allowance that wrestlers can pursue well that, that's what i mean both. by like a working well i mean it's one thing to have a working relationship for both companies to be in agreement hey we're going to talk about how this is booked we're going to talk about who goes over so, we're no, talk about i don't even like i'm that. just talking about a, a legit relationship a business right. relationship i'm not talking about like a you know combine the two as great as that would be oh it would be tremendous all right let's roll through a few other things that i wanted to chat about uh next so yes you're gonna i know what you're gonna say oh i called this i did call uh, it. you did call it and <laughs> the absurdity of it is is it it's very at a very high <laughs> level uh yes linda mcmahon has joined the uh, donald trump administration and she will be taking a role um as the leader of the small business association which you know, you know, quite frankly, in a vacuum, if the whole thing wasn't so ridiculous, like it makes some sense. You know, you don't have to whisper, right? I know it's awkward. I, I know you're trying awkward. To, I know I'm you think you're trying to be a professional and all that, but you don't yeah. have to whisper. Well, like, we can know. still do a broadcast. Yeah, you know. It's what it is. I'm trying to be a professional here. Shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. Um, um, it, it makes some sense. Linda McMahon, you know, obviously, she's, you know, ran or helped run a business from becoming a small business to becoming a conglomerate. Like, in a bubble, it makes sense. Is it crazy that Linda McMahon is part of the cabinet? Yes. Well, yeah, it's absurd. Yes, it's, right. it's completely insane. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. But, but um, then, good for her. <laughs> um, yeah, good for her. Does it really mean anything tangibly to WWE? The interesting part is, like, I don't know that it was so public. Apparently, the McMahons donated five million dollars to the Trump campaign. They they uh, did stuff for everybody, so it was it was pretty public. Yeah, who they okay. donated to? Okay, so you know it is. I, I I think from a fan's perspective, is there anything to be concerned about? No. Is there business stuff that is a little, eh, we got to know about that? Yeah, there's things there, you know what I mean, that we have to follow. But from a fan's perspective, it's more, holy S, we're living in a time in our lives where Linda McMahon the, the, is. I was going to say, the two were stunners in the history right, of right, wrestling both are involved, now in the yeah. executive branch. Correct. That's, that is a fact. All right. Uh, a couple other uh, notes uh, quickly as we roll through this final segment. Um, a change for WWE with the pre-shows, and I don't have all of the details. All I knew is that this week's Raw pre-show, 
uh, did not kick off until 7.50 p.m. It was not a full hour. It was a 10-minute pre-show, and it was only with Charlie Caruso and Booker T. That's because two prominent figures have been removed from WWE programming. Yeah. uh, Lita is one, and Jerry the King Lawler is the other, and that one is... It's sad when you think about it. Like, yes, I've, I've said a lot of you know negative things about Jerry Lawler over the years, but you know, for what it's worth, he has been part of wrestling, been part of the right? WWF for twenty five years now. That's true. I mean, that's a fact. He's he's part of the furniture in a lot yeah. of ways, right? Like you, you're just used to having him there. Um, I, I don't. This whole thing is weird. I get they. There's no chance that they made this decision without knowing, hey, nobody's watching. Like, that's, that's what spearheads this decision is. We, we've been doing these pre-shows, and we can't, we can't justify them because there's not enough people watching them to justify the amount of money we spend on talent in order to do them. If they're not doing the pre-shows, what's the role for Jerry the King Lawler? Right. What's the role for Lita? Now, it might very well be that, particularly for Lita, they say, hey, we don't really know that we have an on-air role right now, but work with us. You know, we could use you as a trainer. We I mean, could they're, use they're you. bringing back people. Mickey James just got offered a WWE contract. Correct. As, uh, like a full contract. So. Oh, a full contract. Yes. Okay. I don't know if you do the same thing with Lita. Probably not, but, but you could. She can still wrestle. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's true, but I, I you've already got her in the Hall of Fame. Right. You know what I, I mean? mean like, if you want, I'm saying if you want to bring her in for a two-month run. Well, but also I would say that you could just do something in a smaller role. That, look, hey, you know, we're going to bring you in. We're, you're going to have some legend capacity with WWE. Right. There might occasionally be times where there is an on-air you know, responsibility mm-hmm. for you, but right now we just don't have it. Yep. I still think they're smart. And the question really becomes, what do they do now for pay-per-views as far as the pre-shows I mean, are they, concerned? They brought in Rosenberg this past, uh, this past week, so they're, they're, willing, they're looking, I think, at bringing more outside talent. Okay. I, mean, I, I, I think that's something that I don't think this is a fluke. I mean, obviously, Rosenberg was involved I, look, with WWE. I didn't think the panel really brought that much to the pre show. The only reason, and the truth is, the only reason why you watch the pre show is because there the might matches. be matches. Right. right. So if, if there aren't matches, or if you're in a position where you say, hey, I'm going to start the pre show at about 7.40. Right. I mean, and, and I'm going to fast forward thing, through like, some of the matches. There's so many people that they could, you know, if you have a panel of Renee Young, Booker T, Al, uh, Corey Graves, and. Peter Rosenberg, that's a perfectly fine panel there. You're not getting anything from Lawler and Lita. No, that's true. Um, look, I have no problem with it. I, I get what you're saying about, you know, Lawler's been around for and, so and long. That's and that's the thing. Like, and and I've, I've been a... a I, I've criticized Lawler. I think that he's, he's long... You know, oh, he's I think long, he lost his fastball a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. I think that it was difficult for him to move out of the, the era of where being you could able just to yell puppies. puppies correct yeah and into an era where you you had to sort of be funny and also have something to say and i just don't think he ever found himself um in that era i just don't think it ever came and so at that point i didn't know what the purpose was look i called for this when we did a, a hot tag mm-hmm. over the summer i said after um his suspension there's just no point right there's there's no point right now he doesn't offer anything why bring him back to tv now, he's beloved, he's a popular figure, but is he beloved in a way that, like, it's really going to kill you that he's gone? It won't kill, again, it's a, it's a sad thing. It's not a, oh my god, this is a travesty thing. Right. It's right. just a, it's going to be weird watching WWE without Jerry Lawler. Like, that, that's what it comes down to. It's going to be odd that he doesn't have a presence there. All right, and last one I have for you. Um, the WWE Network has put together nominees for Match of the Year. Okay. For this year. Okay. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
nine, ten, eleven. Jeez. Eleven nominees. Okay. Oh, boy, there's more than that. Holy smokes. There's 20. I just realized. Okay. There's 20 nominees for Match of the Year. I don't know if we can go through all of these. And, there's and far this, too many. Does this include NXT and Yes, uh, this includes anything I, I mean, WWE related. I was going to wait for it because I figured we were going to do a yeah, we'll do our show own. in like two weeks. But here's, here's the, I assume all well, don't of get, these. Okay. okay. No, go go ahead. Okay. Um, right. Dean Ambrose and Kevin Owens at the Rumble. We all talked then about it being a very good match. I don't know. If it was I don't. I don't think it. Year. I mean, if you if you have twenty, fine. <laughs> the revival in American Alpha from Takeover Dallas. Done. It yes. was yes. brilliant. Uh, Zayn and Nakamura from Takeover yes. Dallas. Obviously, quite brilliant. Um, what's missing? Unless they've hidden it somewhere else. There's another match from Takeover Dallas that's missing from this list. I don't think any other deserve to be in the top twenty. If you're talking about uh, uh, Oscar and Bailey, yeah, I, I, it was a good match, but it, I don't, okay. I don't think right. it was a top twenty match. Um, from WrestleMania, Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky. Sure. Uh, from Raw, the four-way number one contender match between AJ Styles, Jericho, Cesaro, and Kevin Owens in April. Yeah. I barely remember it. I, I remember it very clearly because I said it might. It was better than any of the Mania matches, so I have no oh, issues with how, that. The next one, I forgot how good it was. From Extreme Rules, the uh, Intercontinental well, Championship that, that one, match. I, I, I was kind of going through. I've been going through the list in my head. That one might be. That's in my top three, probably. Okay. Miz, Zayn, Owens, yeah. Cesaro. The WWE Championship match from Extreme Rules, Roman and AJ. That was a fine match. Uh, from Battleground, Zayn and Owens. Mm-hmm. We were there that night. It yeah. was... Uh, to me, yeah. that's the pay-per-view of the year. Like, and, and I think that... Now, maybe that's just because we were there. I don't yeah. know, but it was... Well, and, and to me, that's... I mean, when I talked about my top three, there's three, at least, singles matches, not not tag matches. Right. So, And my, my top three was Zayn Nakamura. Know, we're not even... But, well, I'm just, I'm just saying, we've, we've now oh, mentioned okay. my three. Zayn Nakamura, Zayn Owens, and the Intercontinental 4-Way. Okay. Uh, from the Cruiserweight Classic, Gargano and Ciampa... From the Cruiserweight Classic, Kota Ibushi and Cedric Alexander. Yep. Knew that would be there. From TakeOver Brooklyn, Revival DIY. Yep. It was very good. There's no doubt about that. Uh, from TakeOver Brooklyn, Samoa Joe and Nakamura. From, Shh, okay. from SummerSlam, AJ Cena. From SummerSlam, Balor Rollins. Wait, wait, wait. So their SummerSlam encounter was there, but not their Money in the Bank encounter. No, not there. That's yeah, interesting, that's interesting to me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, from Raw, the Universal Championship match after Balor got hurt. Yep. Owens, Reigns, Rollins, Big Cass. From Backlash, AJ and Dean. From the Cruiserweight Classic, uh, Kota Bushi and TJ Perkins. From Clash of Champions, Sheamus and Cesaro. Um, that, I guess, would have been the one where they ended, the, in, a, ended that, in a draw, yeah. right? And then from Raw, Charlotte and Sasha, from No Mercy, Miz and Ziggler. Those are the nominees for Match of the Year. You know, there are some that I can quibble with, but... They're all know, pretty good matches. They're, yeah. They're, yeah, they were all pretty good matches. And yes, I think the ones that stand out the most are all on the list. The ones that, that we would in individually... Right, it, they did say the from this past takeover, the uh, they, they had both DIY revival you matches. You know what? Yes, they did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Though, I mean, I did like no, the Brooklyn... No, they didn't have anything from the last takeover. Okay. I, I wonder if it's just too soon or that, too that's recent. That's possible, but, I mean, I, I yeah, said that, that I liked... I, I did like the Brooklyn one better. I'm just kind of I don't know, though, man. Though, but, I mean, if you're if you're only having one of each, okay, I have no problem with that. Okay. All right. Yeah. All I know right. I know. AJ liked the uh, really good, this recent one. But, it was really but good. But so was the Brooklyn one. It was really good. All right. Um, I know you already had AJ plug his stuff. Yes. So go ahead and plug for you. You're on Twitter. I'm a Twitter, at the AOster. And then we're on Twitter. Uh, at Jobbing Out Show. And then the email address for the show is? Jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. What do you have coming up at the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? 
honestly, I have no idea. Huh? I, I'm probably way, actually going to write. Way to be prepared. Way to be prepared. I'm, I'm prepared. We do the show once a week. I understand that. You when have nothing I say, to plug. I, I have very little. Actually, I'll probably write something about Linda and what it could mean and kind of the, the history of, maybe not the history, but looking more at wrestling and politics, that sort of thing. There's Jesse Ventura and what? That's what I'm finding out. I'm sure there's more. <laughs> Rhino. Rhino ran for office. Did, 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 didn't Steiner, Rick Steiner hold like some school board position or something you like that? You might be right about that. I, I feel remember. like he did. You might very but well that's why right. I'm writing the article. I'm going to look at it. All right. I'm on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. GlennClarkRadio.com is my website. And again, uh, check out the Francis Sports Academy and everything that they do. I'll be back in full next week. Uh, appreciate uh, the Nasty Boys for joining us this week. Brian Nobbs <laughs> and Jerry Sags. That was... One of the more random things. Just walking walking through the lobby and doing a triple take when I see Brian Nobbs standing, of course, standing by the bar. I mean, you wouldn't expect yeah, anything Yeah, that would be else. about right. Yeah, yes. AJ, or Aaron walks in. He's like, dude, uh, I just bumped into Brian Nobbs. Like, the same Brian Nobbs? Like, am I missing something? The, the funniest thing about it, you know, like I, I've spent time just kind of hanging out in the lobby listening to what people are saying. Yeah. I've heard more talk about the Nasty Boys than any prospect, wow, yeah, any baseball sure. player. Right. Like, all the reporters are okay, like, can we talk about how awkward it was when, like, he wanted to sign an autograph for us and neither one of us really wanted an autograph? <laughs> and then, like, we sheepishly were just like, all right, all right, Brian, you can go ahead and sign an autograph right. for us. And it wasn't because he was getting any money from us. Like, they, they were free. He just really wanted to sign an autograph Good. for us. Yeah, no, whatever. I, I, was, it was I nice would gladly take a nasty not, We're going to hang it up in the studio. Yeah. I'm not saying we aren't. But it was. you didn't think it was a little uncomfortable when like he asked three times. Yeah. And I tried to ignore it the first couple of times. And he kept saying. And then like I was ready to take it. And he just refused because he wanted Jerry to sign it too. Right. <laughs> you didn't think that was a little uncomfortable, yeah, a little yeah. bit awkward. Yeah, whatever. If there was anyone else around, it would have been uncomfortable. It was, it was uncomfortable. <laughs> it was uncomfortable. I, I, I still can't believe they're doing it. I mean, of course, it's Jacksonville. So Jacksonville has. Yeah, it's sort of like being in an NFL game. It's sort of like I mean, they're, they're the ones with the pool in the stadium and getting you in yeah, any man. way they can. Do whatever you can to get people in the seats there. All right. Uh, so thanks to those guys. Appreciate it. We will talk to you next week for uh, Aaron and for the main event. Vent, vent, vent. AJ Francis. I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Jobbing Out.